I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Marriage Podcast. Staying tough, staying resilient, staying poised. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Lockdown Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The wobbly winner, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? How nervous did you get? Scale one to ten. <laughs> when the Mavericks <laughs> in the fourth quarter, when the Mavericks were losing their lead, giving up that lead to the Boston Celtics, and they posted up. Dorian Finney-Smith, I yelled, mm. no, 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 no. What are you doing? <laughs> I was I was on the edge of my seat. I get that you want to take advantage of the mismatch when Kimba's on the floor. Whew, that's all but, they wanted to do. But at that point, when they were posting Dorian, love Dodo. Love him to death. Great love guy. Played a great game. Yeah, had an incredible game, but that can't be the most ideal offensive no. possession. Just ever. I mean, who could Dorian? Let's do this on on today's show. We'll break down the Dallas Mavericks. Young, that's the answer. 113 to 108 win over the Boston Celtics. They were up by 20 at one point. It ended up being a clutch game. Mavs padding their clutch game stats again. We'll talk about that. Break it all down. Luca's incredible game. Porzingis didn't play essentially any meaningful minutes in the fourth quarter. We'll talk about that. We'll break down that. We have audio from Rick Carlisle answering that question as to why he didn't play him. So we'll break that all down. But what? player in the NBA could Dorian Finney-Smith post up that it would be a good possession ever? Is it just Trey Young? Is there anyone else? Campaign. <laughs> I, see, I feel like campaign would be so scrappy and he would steal the ball away from him. Like, you know, he'd be, he'd almost be encircling him and running around, like orbiting him and running around <laughs> as Dorian tried to get to the basket. Now, oh, Tra- Trey Young's the answer, but I don't want to harp too much on that because I, he did have an incredible game. And oh, I think yeah, he, no. he does get a, a lot of credit. He got the defensive player of the game belt. He guarded Jason Tatum. Rick even pointed out, he said, hey, Tatum had 25 points tonight, but he had 24 shots that he had yeah. to take to get to 25 points. So I thought Dorian played a great game. And only four free throws for Jason Tatum, too. So it's not like he was fouling him all the time either, which is is yeah. big. But I bring up that play, and I talk about the Dorian Finney-Smith post-up because of what you said. The Mavericks are trying to hunt the mismatch with Kemba Walker so hard in the fourth quarter. Their offense essentially went to a halt because that's all they were trying to do was hunt the mismatch and try to get somebody on Kemba Walker, whether that was Luka, which was decently effective whether it was Josh Richardson or Dorian or whoever and it just wasn't effective it's it's the basically the Mavericks stopped playing basketball for the last four minutes of the game it felt like and that's how Boston made their comeback and the Mavericks would turn the ball over because they were doing stuff that was outside of their offense and outside of the stuff that made them successful that whole game and so I, that's the why, reason why I bring that up was because that specific play it's more of a symptom of what they were trying to do is yeah. hunt that mismatch with Kemba Walker and a lot of times this is what teams this is or this is why teams go small against KP. It's it's a psych out thing. It's like, hey, we're gonna put a small guy on KP because Dallas's offense is so lethal because there's so much movement, Luca and all the stuff that if I'm an opposing coach, you're like, you know what we should do? We should psych him out. We should put a small guy on KP, dare them to just start posting KP, breaks the whole rhythm of everything. And this is what you know they were doing with 
not I don't know Boston was really doing that on purpose because they ha- really have to have Kimba out there when you're going to have a you know a max guy basically but uh, or you just don't play your max guy like Dallas did and uh, Dallas was just trying to take advantage of that and so it it does disrupt the offense for sure. So the Mavericks did get the win. They were up by 23 at one point. Made it a clutch game. It was within two at one point late into the game, right? Like the, yes, the yes, Celtics it cut it all the way to two. And Kristaps Porzingis didn't play almost at all in the fourth quarter. Let's see how many minutes. He played two minutes, actual minutes, in the fourth quarter. Carlisle subbed him in. He commented about it after the game. So let's just go into it because this is the big story. Let's get into it. This is Rick Carlisle answering a question from Dallas Morning News, Callie Kaplan, about why Porzingis essentially didn't play in the fourth quarter. Hey, Rick, uh, I'm curious, what was, I guess, the thought process or the strategy behind KP's role in the fourth quarter? I think he only played about two minutes. Yeah, they were very small and uh, just would have been a very tough defensive thing for him to guard. You know, Marcus Smart, that was the guy that he was going to have to guard. And I, I did put him in uh, with a little over four minutes left because um, I, I did want to get him back into the game. Um, but the matchups were extremely difficult. Um, and, you know, he understood, you know, um, you know, when I subbed him in, he, he actually said, uh, are you sure? <laughs> I said, yeah, you know, you're going to guard smart and here's how we're going to play these situations. And, uh, you know, he, he did okay for a minute or so, but they, they kept coming at us so quickly. It would have been, you know, unfair to him to have to, you know, guard different guys and cross matches at the three-point line with those guys coming at you 100 miles an hour. So um, it was good. He got Maxi a minute of rest. And then, uh, you know, we were able to finish the game. So it was all about matchups. Stop me if you've heard this before. It's all about matchups. In this game, we should mention, Tristan Thompson was out. Time Lord Robert Williams was out. And they started, the, the Boston Celtics started Mo Wagner at center. Who Dude, he's, he's bad. Did his best, I he guess. Sucks. He, he sucks. Uh, wears number twenty, but and he's white, but he's nowhere close to Gordon Hayward. <laughs> and uh, they played him, and they basically played Grant Williams, who's like six five on a good day, right? Like Grant Williams is a big that's not really big. He's like that big baby type of big, and so that was their only bigs the entire game that they played, and and they played Luke Cornett, I guess, too, a little bit. They they played <laughs> that guy, and so but but when it mattered, the 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 Celtics went with Tatum, Brown, Smart, Walker, and then they went with Fournier. They went small. They went real small at the end there. And Carlisle decided that it was better defensively for Porzingis to be out than it was offensively for him to be in. That's essentially the choice that he made, and made it the entire fourth quarter until that four-minute mark where he subbed him in for two minutes, and they went on that. Uh, they played that little stretch, and uh, that's that's all it was. I mean, that's that's what they decided. That it was basically just about matchups. It wasn't about how KP was playing offensively. It wasn't that he you know complained or whatever. He just decided that matchups wasn't dictated. Health. Wasn't health? Yeah, what wasn't health? Just dictated that Porzingis shouldn't play. That fourth quarter was one of the weirdest quarters of basketball this whole season for for the Mavs. The the rotations on it, the, you know, they lost the quarter 23 to 35, you know, Boston outscored them by, by 12 points in that quarter. They had that stretch to where Luca and KP weren't on the floor together. Like, I mean, that was some, you know, Boston was making that run. They were coming back and, you know, Luca picks up the tech, he gets a foul, then picks up the tech. 
that offensive foul and you know Rick takes him out and you thought at that moment when you know Luca came out of the game that KP was going to come back into the game just naturally like all right Boston's closed you know, closed the lead some it's the fourth quarter there's under 10 minutes to go you're taking Luca out and KP didn't come back in you're like whoa we're running you know because we we monitor these minutes obviously without Luca on the floor but minutes without Luca and KP that's a different Rare. story especially <laughs> in the fourth quarter in a close game and or closer game and you know it's not like they got obliterated in those. I, I texted Nick. I was like, man, it felt like a long stretch. And Nick texted me back and said, like, well, it was just like two minutes and something. Yeah, it was but two it, minutes of 41 seconds exactly. That's how much they played without Luka or KP. But it felt like an eternity that they were off the floor. But I, that was just wild that, you know, that, that that happened. And then, you know, Luka came back in and KP really never came back. I mean, he came back in a, a few small stints there, but... I thought it was fast. I thought it was something health wise. I think a lot of us were watching KP on the bench, especially during timeouts and, you know, dead balls. Like, man, is he like engaged? Like, is he pissed right now? Does he? <laughs> but I mean, it, it was at least encouraging uh, to hear Rick say after the game that, hey, KP understood that. I, I think we could take it a whole other different direction of, hey, should we be playing matchups with our max guy and all of this stuff? Like, I think that's a different type of conversation we can have. But the fact that he said KP understood it, KP even said before he came in the game, he's like, hey, do you, are you sure you want me to come into this game? Uh, <laughs> was, was that sarcastic? <laughs> I, I would have loved to hear KP and, you know, say all of that too. And me too. just to hear his explanation on it. But uh, because we know KP's a competitor and he loves being on the floor and, you know, the ball and being a part of the, you know, offense and everything. So, yeah, I it was weird. I'm not gonna lie, it, it was weird. But uh but they won. And I think uh <laughs> if they did not win, Ooh. I think it would be even bigger storyline for sure. Would have been a huge story tomorrow. We will discuss all the JJ Reddick stuff. We did not forget about that. JJ Reddick posted a podcast, Old Man in the Three is his podcast. He talked all about coming to Dallas and will he play in Dallas? He talked about his relationship with the New Orleans Pelicans front office, David Griffin, Trajan Langdon, all that kind of stuff. He's also speaking to the media tomorrow on Thursday if you're listening to this. So he uh, will talk about all that tomorrow and break it all down. We're not going to get into it today because of this game. So we'll talk all game today, but come back tomorrow and we'll talk about J.J. Redick. So we'll get into that. But before we do... Isaac Harris, let me tell you about a new podcast I'm excited to tell you about. It's called Death at the Wing. It's a sports documentary podcast hosted by Adam McKay, who's a writer and director for for these movies. Get this, if you're interested in any of these. The Big Short, Vice, and Anchorman. Vice, (laughs) The Big Short and Anchorman are such different movies. To be able to write those two different styles is pretty incredible. So hats off to you, Adam McKay. Uh, in the 1980s, we saw basketball players like Magic Johnson, Dr. J. They became flat household names for bringing a faster and flashier style of play that captivated audiences. But along the way, the wealth of stardom, the excess of the 80s, took its toll on the next generation of basketball. And never in the history of any sport have we seen it. So many who are ready to become stars face tragic deaths in such a short time frame. So Adam McKay will be joined by sports journalists and experts who live through these moments in history to explore this overlooked phenomenon and the web of social, political, and cultural forces at play. So subscribe to that podcast. Follow it wherever you get your podcasts called Death at the Wing. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. 
Also want to tell you about our friends Locked On Today. I went on Locked On Today today. So if you want to go listen to me talk more about this Dallas Mavericks team, take a shot at the Utah Jazz, uh, go listen to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. The best sports talk you can get in under 20 minutes. All right, Isaac Harris. So Kristaps Porzingis doesn't play in the fourth quarter. That's the big story. The Mavericks do get the win. And like you said, if they didn't get the win, this would have been a whole different story. We would have been all on Rick Carlisle. And sometimes I kind of wonder, should we have both conversations sometimes? Should we have the conversation, what if they had lost, and go through it? Because then it starts bringing out what are the flaws, what are the, the things that didn't work. Because I think sometimes us and I think everybody treats wins and losses so polar opposite, right? Like wins, you talk about all the things that went positive. Losses, you talk about all the things that went negative. And sometimes it's just the difference between like a couple Jason Tatum threes, right? Like literally the Celtics went 11 of 47 from three in this game, 23%. The Mavericks went 19 of 39 and shot 48%, right? Like that, if that regresses to the mean both ways a little bit, then it's a completely different game. And so I wonder sometimes if we should have both conversations. So what would have happened if the Mavs had lost? I mean, that would be uh, always, I'm actually going to push back a little bit. That KP setting is the biggest uh, story of the game. I think if they lost, he would be, that would be the biggest story of the game. I still think the biggest story of this game is Luka Doncic going off like he did. I mean, he hit some unbelievable, this was a national TV game. So, so many people, I had different friends text me that were watching from back home, uh, Mavs games who don't get, you know, Bally sports, cool name. Uh, Bali. Uh, I just I always imagine Pitbull saying it. Bali. That's how I imagine Pitbull saying. But I I I mean I think that's the story of the game, Luca. I know we're kind of like grown accustomed to that, but the shots that Luca hit tonight were just absolutely insane. Some of these step back threes. I mean, seven of eleven from three. The moves he put on Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum. Some of those towards the end of the game. I mean, they're they're just unbelievable. Now that KP, so if they lost, that KP storyline would just be, I mean, magnified. I think if they lost tonight on national TV, KP setting, I think would be some of these big segments on, you know, national NBA shows tomorrow or, you know, on Thursday. I also want to give a shout out to somebody. I want to give a shout out to Callie Kaplan for asking that question. Yeah. Because it's not always uh, easy to ask Rick questions on, you know, why players don't play and stuff. Go back to when I was at back in the day asking Rick about Nerlens. You know, it, what, <laughs> you know, it's not a thing, and I and I get it. If I was a coach too, that would annoy me. So I get it. I, I understand if you if I was in Rick's shoes. But Callie asked that, and I just want to say, you know, for Callie, Callie has stepped on to cover cover the Mavs over the past couple of years, and that tight knit, you know, Mavs beat writer scene. A lot of these guys have been doing it for a long time, and Callie has uh, stepped in and just killed it. And, Tighten it. Yeah. You mean you mean you know they make fun of each other and poke jokes, and Tim McMahon just calls everybody out all the time. <laughs> well, like I mean, Dwayne and Eddie are now with the Mavs, and you know yeah, McMahon's yeah. still with ESPN, and Townsend, you know, with uh, with the news is still, and you know Tim Cato, Cato is. I mean, he's been covering the team for a bit now, athletic, but Callie is, you know, fairly new to over the past couple of years and she's been awesome. She's awesome covering the team and she does a really good job. So 100%. Callie Kaplan, come on Lockdown Mavs. Hey, we've (laughs) talked about it. Yeah, I think she is. She's a big Bachelor fan too. So we're going to talk. uh, Here we go. We're going to talk about the Mavs and the Bachelor on a pod at some point in the Uh, future. But 
you talked about Luca being the big story, which is true, obviously. Luca Luca is the number one thing that should dominate. But for Mavs fans, I think that Porzingis story is the biggest thing. And why didn't he play and all that? But Luca on a national level, right? Like there's so many different I'm think as as I take this social media job with with you know locked on, I have to look at what's the national sports angle that everyone is talking about. And then we also, but we cover the local too. So what are local fans gonna care about? That's not necessarily the same thing that national fans are gonna care about. So yeah. it's a real interesting distinction. But Luca, I mean, can we talk about since February first? Luca's shooting forty three percent from three. I mean, that's two months now, right? Like that's a sample size that yeah. you can write home about. This is not small sample size theater anymore, right? That's twenty two games, and he's 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 hitting uh, just about four out of nine threes in a game. I mean, that that's a type of player. Luca hitting threes and Luca being that efficient. That's a type of player that the league is not ready for, right? No. No one is. I mean, I don't know what, especially with KD out, I don't know who, I mean, he, you put him head-to-head with any offensive player in the league, and he's there. Point. Blank. I mean, even, like, LeBron is shooting a little bit better this year, but even LeBron it's not shooting that well. No, I mean, he's, just, he's offensively, he's the same level as LeBron and KD, you know, Damian Lillard, anybody can, in the league. He's can, right we, can we hold on on that sentence for a second? Because that is insane to think. Offensively, Luka Doncic, Dallas Maverick, same level as LeBron, Durant, Seth yeah. Curry, Lillard. Right? And No, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's wild. It's wild oh, to yeah. think that way and to kind of just appreciate it right now. Appreciate what we're seeing. In year three. I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's dumb, it's dumb to, to think about. That's insane. I can't. Yeah, I still just I still love the people who are like, man, is I mean, has he already reached his ceiling though? Like, but we oh, haven't cool. seen him do. We I, haven't I seen hope him he's at this level like for years. We haven't seen him do it against Purdue or against uh, Florida State, Florida Atlantic Central International. So, but but why was Luca so effective in this game? Let's do this because sometimes we just talk about Luca and how good he is. But how was he so effective? I mean, his three ball was going down. There's just nothing you can do about it at that point. And then. The Mavericks or the Celtics had to get up on him so close that he got so much separation in any kind of drive he wanted to. Well, I, I'm just gonna say he was so effective, but just because of how otherworldly he is. Like there, Boston, if you when you watch this game, Boston played him really, really well. They have amazing wing defenders and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I mean, all these guys got Smart shots. Smart played at him. him so well. Yes, and it's like they played him so well to. <laughs> He just hit amazing shots. Like there was, <laughs> there's not a thing of like, oh, Luca was amazing tonight because of this game plan, or because Boston sucked at defense, or because he kept on getting the switch with, you know, Peyton Pritchard, or because <laughs> the, there is no because Luca did this because of this. He did it just because he's amazing. Like that was, I think that's the crazy storyline of this. Is you watch this game, you're like, dang. Boston played him about as well as you could possibly play him defensively. And I mean, to the point to where they were bringing double teams. When a team where Marcus Smart or Jason Tatum is guarding your best player individually and you're still bringing help, I mean, how many times does that happen in the league to where Tatum or Smart is requiring help from teammates to guard another individual basketball player? Doesn't happen very often. And so, yeah, I mean, he had 36 points tonight. And so much of that was just because of the brilliance of, you know, Luka Magic. Luka's scoring was on another level. His passing and his playmaking was 
I mean, that's the area of his game where he really struggled and where that double team shows up, right? Mm. Like, when he was able to get the ball up and shoot, (laughs) he was incredible. But the Celtics did succeed in getting the ball out of his hands every once in a while. Five assists, eight turnovers, and I I felt like all eight of those turnovers were like live ball, right? They all seemed to be terrible and all seemed to be converted into Celtics points. The Celtics uh, had, let's see, what points are turnover? I can't find it. They had... uh, 50 points in the paint. That doesn't seem right. Celtics had 50 points in the paint? Yeah, they did. NBA.com yeah. sometimes has wrong stats, and now I'll never trust them again. I feel like they did because they got, I mean, they got to the, I mean, especially with, you know, when you, KP's not playing a lot in the yeah, fourth, yeah. then, you know, they had a lot of layups and stuff towards and the And fast end. break stuff off of these turnovers. These The point I was trying to make is that all these live ball turnovers, a turnover that happens in, like, during play, not just, oh, you throw the ball out of bounds and then the Celtics yeah. get it, but these live ball type turnovers and those were really rough on the Mavericks and the Celtics were kind of in it on those almost alone it felt like at some points uh, when they could get back in it so coming up let's get into the rest of this game we have to talk about Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith I mean we've talked about Porzingis talked about Luka let's get into these two guys the role players they stepped up in a big way Dorian Finney-Smith getting the uh, getting the belt we saw some Melly and Josh Green maybe we'll hit on those guys at the very end we'll talk about those guys we'll get into all that coming up but before we do bet online is the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports you got to check it every single day because they come up with all kinds of different things every once in a while to throw some stuff on you let's look at nfl futures uh who do you think is the favorite to win the super bowl chiefs chiefs plus 550 number two is mm. tampa bay plus 600 packers plus 1200 rams pack with matt stafford is it Matthew or does he go by Matt now? Is he LA Matt or is he just going? Is he going Matthew? Matthew. It's <laughs> plus twelve hundred for the Dallas Rams. Guy. That one's interesting. Bills plus fourteen hundred. Forty Niners plus fourteen hundred. Ravens plus eighteen hundred. That's your. Mm, that, those are your boys good. right there. Did My, you know Stafford and Clayton Kershaw? Did, did they, didn't they? Weren't they? Uh, they're related to Doc Rivers. Uh, <laughs> My Cincinnati Bengals all the way down plus. 10,000. So if you're interested in some Cincinnati Bengals odds to win the Super Bowl. Uh, but if you want to put some money down on this, go to betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on and get a 50% welcome bonus to the first deposit. You put in 50 bucks, they'll give you 25 for free. It works just like that. It's that easy. Doesn't have to be a ton of money either. Go to betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Also, I want to tell you about Built Bar. So many people have been telling every every listener that gets built bar dms me at one point and says yes they're as good as you say and uh, yes. i'm gonna i'm gonna hand i'm gonna stand by that right now they're doing 20 percent off built bites you can check that out that might be ending by the time you get guys get to that but you got to keep checking back on their website too because they have deals you can get built bucks the more you buy i think you get like 10 points or something and eventually you can get some gift cards to buy built bars and right now we're doing a built bar bracket Ooh, cookie dough chunk is in the final I gotta get my hands on some cookie dough chunk. I haven't actually haven't tried that one yet. But the other side of the bracket, mint brownie versus coconut brownie chunk. I can't decide. It's like trying to decide between your kids which one is the best one. But Built Bar, it's protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. Go check it out. Use that promo code LOCK15 anytime you want. Get 15% off your next order. Built Bar, protein bar, tastes like a candy bar. LOCKED15 is that promo code. Let me tell you about our friends, Locked On NBA Draft. It's a podcast covering everything you need to know about the NBA Draft, whether you're a 
Mavericks fan and you think that they may trade back into the draft, there's always fans that are like, can we trade into the draft today? <laughs> it's like, no, probably not. <laughs> but if you're interested in that or if you just want to know about some of these guys, listen to Locked On NBA Draft with our friend Mavs Draft. All right, Isaac Harris. We talked about Porzingis. We've talked about Luka Doncic a lot. Why didn't the rookies play? <laughs> Why didn't the rookies play? Josh Green played two minutes and 41 seconds. So did Trey Burke. Weird lineup of Josh Green, Trey Burke, Melly, Dorian Vinny-Smith, and Luka in the second yeah. quarter. Just a really strange lineup. But uh, Dorian Vinny-Smith, let's get to him. He won the defensive player of the game belt. Carlisle said after the game it was because of his defense on Jason Tatum. Tatum went 10 of 24, 1 of 8 from 3, and he had 25 points. He was a minus 19 in the game. Uh, mm. Jalen Brown had the second worst plus minus at minus 8. Everyone else was either a minus 3, minus 4, or or minus 2, or were positive for the Celtics. So the Mavericks really destroyed the Celtics when Tatum was in the game, which is crucial. And Carlisle also mentioned that he mirrored Dorian Finney-Smith's minutes to Jason Tatum. And so it was really positive we saw this. But other than the defense, Dorian Finney-Smith, nine boards, three of them on the offensive end. And it felt like every single rebound he had was big, right? It felt like it ended a possession. It wasn't like some of these like BS defensive rebounds, like a Drummond defensive rebound, right? It felt like a real or like a, or like a Russell Westbrook defensive rebound, right? It felt like they were like – Possession-ending rebounds for Dorian Finney-Smith. Two steals for him as well, and hit three of his five threes. Just a huge night for him overall. Love this guy. Love the energy he brings, and just his passion and his defensive ability to to throw him against a guy like Jason Tatum and be as effective as he was tonight. I mean, yeah, we talked about the beginning how much Rick praised him after the game, and uh, he had a big time night. And you know, he's taken a lot of slack this year from a lot of fans of missing shots and, you know, those corner threes and, and all of that. And, you know, he's shooting 35% from three KP shooting 1% better than him from three. KP's <laughs> at 36% from three. Uh, little so, yeah, different, I mean, different types of threes they're taking there, but I'll go with you on that. It is. I mean, KP shooting <laughs> two, two more threes a game, but I mean, KP, I didn't say, I mean, Luca shooting 36% from three too, but I didn't mention Luca in that because Luca does take a lot of step backs and all that. KP does take a little bit more, you know, spot up, set up threes, not the exact same as Dorian. Dorian gets more open looks, but I mean, when Dorian, it's crazy when you look at this team, how much they're clicking whenever Dorian's knocking down threes. He had a big three towards the end of the fourth when, you know, they brought him back in the game. I think it might have been the very first offensive possession that he came in and Luca went off and they didn't have Luca and KP in and he hit a like a left, you know, corner or left wing three. And it's it's just huge when Dorian can hit that. And it takes away that guy that teams are going to dare him to shoot. We talked about a million times. And yeah. when he can he's hit He's the Iguodala. It, yeah, he is. He, he's the Iguodala in the team. So yeah, if he can consistently hit that, it, it does wonders for this team. In, insane. And the whole team was kind of hitting threes in this one, though. I mean, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, three of five. You had Porzingis, three of seven. Richardson, two of three. Lucas, seven of 11. The only people that weren't hitting threes were Maxi, who's the best three-point shooter on the team by percentage. Yeah. He was 0 of three. And then uh, Tim Hardaway, who's probably the second best three-point shooter, who was he one is. of six in this game. So the two best three-point shooters weren't hitting their shots, but everyone else was. Josh uh, yeah. Richardson shooting 31% from three this season. Just need to point Dorian, out. absolutely massive. Uh, Richardson, not as massive. Well, we don't have to get into all that right no, now. No, but, no, I don't want to either. Uh, <laughs> 
Jalen Brunson, though, Jalen Brunson was was absolutely yes. huge in this game. 21 points off the bench, so he picked up where uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. was missing some shots. Five rebounds, three assists, a steal. He was only he was minus one in his minutes, but four of four from the free throw line, and all four of those free throws were massive, like huge free throws that were just really, really tough and uh, kind of iced the game for the Mavericks a couple times. And he was 8 of 10 from the field. He took advantage of any kind of match matchup where it was like Peyton Pritchard or somebody was on him that just couldn't hang with him. There was that play, too. And Jeff Van Gunny pointed this out, and they did the replay on ESPN, where Jalen Brunson's driving into the paint, and Marcus Smart's on him. And Jalen Brunson just kind of like nudges Marcus Smart a little bit and yeah. pushes him right out of the way. Like Jalen Brunson is a strong, like stocky point guard and he uses his body and uses that he's he's very Kyle Lowry like in that way where he can move guys mm. out of the way and just got Marcus Smart in just the right position to where he could get some space and get to the rim like he's just crafty and he's so important I, I reminded me tonight of our conversations we had at the beginning of the season where Jalen Brunson's probably the second most important third most important player on this team right like yeah. some nights well, he I'll is be, and I mean, this night yeah. he was probably second up until KP you know got back into his groove and you know, is finding himself offensively and stuff. We said, it. I mean, he was the second best Maverick this season. Yeah. Now KP's in his groove and stuff. KP's taking back that second, you know, best player thing. But I think Brunson's right there at number three. I mean, he's shooting 53% from the field this season. 53%. That's before yeah, you that's... even add in this these numbers. That's big time for a guard. And, I mean, the dude gets buckets. He sets up the offense. He's shooting, you know, 39% from threes. But he's hovering around that that 40% mark from three this season. I think he's gotten quicker too. I mean, I, I just, yeah, we can't brag about Brunson's game enough. I mean, he made Peyton Pritchard look like, if y'all know in like high school, whenever the coach's son, <laughs> you know, has to start all the time, but then the coach's <laughs> son actually goes against like a, a college recruit and then just gets manhandled. And you're just like, oh, okay, you're only out there because you're the coach's son. That's what Peyton Pritchard looked like tonight against Brunson. Do we know and, that Peyton Pritchard is not Brad Stevens' son? Are we do, do we have confirmation on that? I don't know if we do. Can we just say? I mean, if Boston wins a playoff series, that's surprising, right? Boston they is look- such a confusing team, and I'm sure their fans would agree. I feel like Boston fans and Mavericks fans are very like similar right now, where Boston has been the team that's hit been hit the most by COVID. Dallas is number two as far as games missed due to COVID. Now, maybe this Willie Colley-Stein thing is COVID, and that's going to put the Mavericks over the top as number of games missed, but the, the numbers, it's the same. So, but The, the difference is they have a Jalen Brown. It's like Tatum and Luka, then they have like kind of their injury, you know, star max and player, Kemba, and, Ke- Kemba and KP, except they have Jalen Brown. and Who made the all-star team this year. Yeah, and, and they have Marcus Smart, too. <laughs> We right, have. like you, like if we did a draft of the of players. I think you would take, you would probably take Porzingis over Kemba. That's yeah, very yeah, sure. You yeah. take you take Luca Tatum, and then Brown, and then Kemba over Porzingis, and then Smart over anyone else in the map. No, I take I take KP over Kemba. Yeah, Kemba then, hasn't been that great this year. He was he was decent Scott. in this game, but you would take. Oh, he had a cross on Maxi though. Whoo! Crossed him that right up. His his little crossover in the you know in inside inside the arc is like mid range. Those are always those are always you always feel like those are going in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there, there are Celtics fans commenting. I was watching like John Corrales uh, locked on Celtics host feed, and there are Celtics <laughs> Celtics fans. Why is Kemba in the game? 
<laughs> I just kept seeing that tweet over and over again. They're really done with them. One but. one moment in the first half, Melly, you know, Melly only played five minutes, but man, he put the clamps on Jason Tatum that one possession, <laughs> and I think we all like set up and like, whoa, is this what we're gonna get from? And Melly? he hit a three. Yeah, and he, and he hit a three, but then we never saw him again the rest of the game. Well, he missed Seven that. Man- he missed that dunk, that really wide open dunk on that pick and roll. <laughs> Rick's like, you're gone. You're done. Yeah, <laughs> we're not doing Willie Colley Stein 2.0. <laughs> But what did this? I mean, I know it's five minutes, but it's it, like we saw the backup five spot go to Melly in that in that scenario. You yeah, know, I, yeah. I think you know, you know, Maxi got those minutes in the second half, those backup five minutes. But it's like what Nick was alluding to a few days ago on the pod that will he replace Dwight because he can maybe shoot a little bit more and just seeing his shot motion, you know, follow through and hitting that three, you're like. Okay, cool. Like he is a good actual, shooter. <laughs> like he, it's actually a threat. I I, I want to see more before I give him the good shooter label because he did shoot what eighteen percent from three well, so far this season. He's barely played this season. I'm and I'm not gonna take his NBA percent. I think it's more like Maxi, right? It took him a year. It took him almost two years to get used to the NBA three point line, yeah. right? But in but in Europe he was great, and and in Europe Melly was a great shooter. Yeah. And so I'm gonna take that, but. Yeah. Seven man rotation tonight. Does that I, mean anything to you? I think the Melly thing, by the way, is like playing over Dwight. It's more about the size of Boston than it was about those two yeah. players. We'll see. I want to see more games until we decide. Oh yeah, Melly took Dwight's role on this team. So we'll see. But yeah, just seven man rotation tonight. I thought that was just in, in, intriguing. Um, you know. Tim didn't play a lot towards the uh, towards the end, you know, with him and KP out there. But um, yeah, I just thought seven seven man rotations a, a very tight rotation, and I think it shows you that they really really wanted to win this, and they've won two in a row. Now they go to, to you know MSG in New York, where you know Reddick, like you said, Reddick's going to talk to the media today on Thursday, and uh, so we'll have some quotes from him. He's going to join the team. He said on his podcast, he's going to join the team in New York, you know, for that game. Uh, but then after that, he is unsure as far as the timetable of when he's going to be able to play or join the team after that. But like Nick said, we're going to talk about all those quotes Reddick dropped on his podcast. There's a lot of stuff to chew through and uh, just his uh, transparency on it was really appreciated from a media standpoint, a fan standpoint. Uh, I wonder how much Rick Carlisle loves uh, the fact that one of his players uh, has his own podcast, uh, but uh, but there's a lot there, and uh, we will save all of that and uh, his media quotes and all that for uh, yeah Thursday night. We will. We'll also do locker room tomorrow, so check out the locker room app, download it. We will be live on Thursday night, so come check us out. Well, we might. It depends on when Reddick's media availability is, but we may do like right after that. It depends, but we'll see. Guys, thanks so much for listening. To Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom. Really? They're goldfish. I always go for the handful. I got about 73 here. Give me that. I get more than 73. Bobby, get the vacuum. <laughs>